brand is more important than it's ever been. Companies that grew up with passerby readers are dead. And if you don't have a consumer who's actively looking for your content, it is very difficult to build ancillary business models. If you look at what Snapchat's doing with advertising and storytelling, it's clear that digital can be more than the thing that we think it is. Welcome to Digital Podcast. I'm Brian Marcy. This week we're joined by Yasser Bisher. He is the Global Executive Director of Digital for the Al Jazeera Media Network. Yasser, welcome. Hi, Brian. So let's talk about Al Jazeera here in the United States. There was a lot of focus placed on um, Al Jazeera America, the TV network. Didn't work out so great. Right. But you're doing the digital stuff here. Yes. Yes. So we we launched Al Jazeera Network, and uh, after a couple of years, we realized the difficulty with with the cable company and the over-regulated industry. And at the same time, a few months after the launch, we started a project in San Francisco, in a small corner in a place in San Francisco, uh, to experiment with uh, pure play digital video. At the time, like four years ago, it was still people thinking about it and talking about it. And we spent significant time to design how that should look like and how we should present and everything. And then we launched Asia Plus. And then we saw that really Asia Plus took off very, very fast. And then the... And these were short social videos that's right facebook news feed that's often right. yeah we and now this probably were the first in the industry to really work with that and uh, and we saw that uh, this is growing very fast and the answer was easy to the question whether we should continue with jazeera america or not when we saw the success of asia plus so we bet or our investment in digital okay so obviously it's a lower cost base than trying to build that's a, right a and less network. regulated and less regulated. <laughs> we'll get into the regulation, <laughs> yeah. but let's let's start with the with with the brand um, and the the challenges and opportunities. Yeah. Um, so building the brand, particularly in in the U.S., um, challenging, I would say. So I think we just need to go a little bit back in history to see how Al Jazeera started. People recognize and know about Al Jazeera in in, in the United States. Mm-hmm. So just Al Jazeera is a large media company. Uh, we have uh, bureaus around the world. We have about 80 bureaus around the world. We have one of the largest news gathering machines in the industry. And when we started, uh, uh, when Al Jazeera became really very well known in, in, in the US was in 2000. And uh, it was reporting about the Iraqi war, uh, Afghanistan and so forth. and. I always say that Al Jazeera has been subjected during that time to the most effective marketing machine towards any media company in history uh, to project Al Jazeera as a synonym for terrorism. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we were reporting events on the ground and the, the, the notion at the time was we were providing platform uh, while we were actually uh, a news organization reporting about events and people don't know that CNN were actually a very close partner to us. At, this, at that time, we were providing news and information to uh, our partners as well. And, and that kind of you know, uh, stayed in the minds of people uh, to some extent. That changed over time because Al Jazeera has been you know, growing as a media company and reaching more audience and wider audience in the United States. And people started turning to Al Jazeera uh, English 
for international use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so you see that, um, you know, growing. If we look at our analytics, uh, 30% of our audience coming to our website comes from the United States, primarily the East Coast and the West, and the mm-hmm. West Coast. So you're not trying to, to run away from the Al Jazeera brand with AJ+. Uh, uh, absolutely not. I think it's really about the brand. Because if you look at Al Jazeera as a brand, it's about hard news. Uh, current affairs, pure politics, and hard news. Asia Plus is more diverse. We wanted to appeal to millennials, and this is why we created Asia Plus. And if mm-hmm. you really look at the acronym, it's AJ, it's Al Jazeera. Right. And so we're not really hiding from that. But have you done research? I mean, do people associate it with Al Jazeera? A lot of people. Yeah. So we did research actually, actually about 45% of our audience uh, know, uh, we did that research on Facebook, uh, know that it's already Al Jazeera. Um, and so, and so we we are not hiding. If you look actually on our Facebook page, it says part of Al Jazeera. Sure. And if you look at the website, which is just a a, a hook to drive audience mm-hmm. to Facebook, it also says part of Al Jazeera Media Network. And the idea is to have a different perspective, because I think in the United States we think we have a lot of diverse perspectives in our right. news media, but. Yeah. Um, not so much when you look at it from a different context. Well, if you look at the from an editorial point of view, just read aljazeera.com and Asia Plus from an editorial point of view, not in terms of editorial priorities, but in terms of the editorial line, it's consistent because that must be consistent. Al Jazeera is about voice of the voiceless. Our mission is to give voice to those who can tell their stories. And it's also about stories about current affairs, and what's going on around us from the global south perspective. And, and so that kind of editorial is consistent. That appeals in the United States to a certain audience, granted, probably more on the left side. And so, yes, uh, it's not intended to be we're targeting the left, but Al, Al-, Al- Jazeera editorial line appeals to mm-hmm. a wide uh, range of audience in the United States, uh, a little bit from the left. You probably notice we're in a little bit of a fraught time here. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in Qatar, we'll get to that. That's right. Uh, so we have that in common. But uh, is that does that give an opening for this kind of thing? Because there's so much polarization right now in the United States yeah. um, uh, that's basically, it's, it's driven by politics. Yeah. You mean the role of Al Jazeera in that? Yeah. I mean, so uh, obviously it appeals more. I mean, you said like the coast, that means liberal. Yes, <laughs> the East Coast and the West Coast. Um, yeah. But does that does that give like an opportunity? Because I mean, there's a lot of people who are disillusioned with um, with the current um, regime that we have. Yeah, we see we see actually an an uptick in terms of our reach and and uh, and engagement in the recent weeks and months, specifically after the election during the election period and after the election. And that is because people interest in news have, in politics have increased. And yes, there is opportunity there for trusted news. And, and, uh, and that takes us to actually, you know, being on social media. We realized that, you know, we made a great success on, on Facebook. We, Facebook uh, Asia Plus is, I think, the second or the third largest uh, news platform uh, page on mm-hmm. Facebook. And so... The problem with Facebook, it is actually very bad platform to build loyalty. Right. Uh, and so we want to inform people more. But like, that's that's where you're reaching like 97% of your audience with AJ+, right? That's right. But, but, but we have to find a mechanism where... So I'm, I'm scrolling through my, through my news yeah. my feed on Facebook. I could see what Trump has tweeted today in a video, right? Uh, 
I cannot give people context. Like he tweeted this today about Texas, uh, you know, the, the shooting that happened yesterday. But, you know, there is no context in terms of the uh, of gun control uh, mm-hmm. about other similar events. And so uh, to give people context, you have to bring people to your own platform so you can give them that round, rounded, uh, you know, information. I mean, I have this, like, Facebook is about identity, not about information. And I I always feel like news there has ended up being optimized for that. So it reinforces, you know, people's beliefs or prejudices, depending on, on, on how you view them. Um, and it's less about informing people, but about making people feel things. I mean, BuzzFeed realized that early on in that it was all about identity and Mm -hmm. it could be like, Oh, you know, 15 things only a middle child would know. It's about your identity as a middle child. And I feel Mm -hmm. like Facebook is not really that good for information. Right. I mean, there is this big debate about the rise of the identity politics and and that's another big discussion and what triggered what is it really the social media platform that triggered the identity politics because oh, they of weaponized the, it because of the filter bubble um you know if you had the newspapers in the old days uh you know you would open the newspapers but you would see different perspectives about a certain news uh in facebook it's all algorithmic mm-hmm. right you know what you saw yesterday i'm gonna what i'm going to show you today is based on what you've seen yesterday and what your first and second degree network have seen. And that the danger of the filter bubble that we are facing. And I think that drove a lot in terms of the identity politics and trying to, you know, reaffirmation of my previous beliefs and and all that. And to break this out, there needs to be an incentive to the audience to bring them into our own platforms. And that is why in our digital strategy in Jazeera, we really view now social media as kind of the top of the funnel. Mm-hmm. And uh, our strategy has to be built in, in in a way to drive the audience down to the bottom of the funnel, which is our platform. Oh, so you want to bring people back to your Oh, sites. definitely. I mean, because we, AJ Plus was like sort of, I, I always thought of it as, you know, one of the more successful distributed media um, experiments. Right, but but it is very bad social media platform not Asia Plus. It is, <laughs> it <course>. is, <laughs> no, but it is, the social media platforms are very bad to retain the yeah. audience. So I can tell them more about that piece of information. So how, so that is why we created, for example, Jetty. Mm-hmm. And we are developing now. That's the podcast now. That, that's the podcast that we just launched and our first program would be launched on uh, November 15th. And so we are developing, you know, as people will see, strategies to drive the, the Facebook audience of Asia Plus into Jetty because I want to give them more in-depth about Black Lives Matter, for example. Right? Mm-hmm. And that is not going to happen by seeing a one-minute video. That's going to happen by see, by listening to a 30 minutes uh, conversation. Yeah, you need to build loyalty. That's you can't why. build loyalty on Facebook. You cannot do that. And, so where and, do you fall? I mean, there's obviously a lot of attention in this country right now and in and, and several other countries about Facebook's and, and Google's role in spreading propaganda, mm. misinformation, yeah. um, and impacting elections that, yeah. that we've had. Yeah. So... You know, it's a it's a it's a brave new world. I think I think you know, uh, Facebook has treated if you if you watch TV, uh, a newscast, 
you know, when the newscast finishes, you know that they're transitioning into advertising. Mm -hmm. And so you have that mental separation between this is news, this is trusted, and this is advertising. But on Facebook newsfeed, everything is mixed up. Not me as a techie or a person who knows the differences and can read the fine print, but just as a Joe visitor to Facebook, look into my account, I get subjected to content and I don't care really about the source. I just read a piece of information without me recognizing whether this is news, this is something like fake news, I don't care about the source or I don't worry about the source. And that mix of the single feed that has all this information mixed up is what created the problem we're having right now. So there need to be an active solution to this. Facebook and Google, we will continue to have that problem as long as they see themselves as technology companies. Right? They are not technology companies. They are media companies. And they are publishers because I am as a publisher, put a video, but the algorithm determine what is presented and when and to whom mm -hmm. to the audience. So they are also part of the value chain of publishing. But they seem in fairly broad denial about that part. And mm -hmm. I don't know if they're ever going to come out and say we're going to be media companies unless it's forced upon them uh, to have exactly. some of the... the um, well, the regulations that come That's with right. I mean, if they don't take their matters to their own hands, I think they will be forced by Congress and they will be regulated. I mean, there is some discussion right now, as you are well aware, uh, that uh, they need to be treated as utility companies. Mm -hmm. and that's a big problem for them. If they don't take the matter into their own hands and try to figure out a solution to this massive problem that we're currently facing, it is going to affect them directly by Congress, in my view. Mm -hmm. So you live in Doha. Yes. You travel back and forth. Yes. Um, and so you see a lot of independent media is under threat in, mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. Um, and, you know, it used to be we thought of um, state actors being the biggest threats to, to media. But now there's a whole host of and there are a lot of state actors who are threatening media. But there's all a host of challenges to um, the whole concept of independent media. I think the independence of the media is uh, threatened by many factors. Primarily, really, is the revenue problem of digital um, and the source of money, right? So right now, if you have an independent, so it's non-for-profit, for example, that could be a successful model, but scaling that and growing is very challenging. That's why you see in the United States, because of private business, that the newsrooms are shrinking. Mm -hmm. And when you have shrinking newsrooms, where would they get their information from? From wires. So what we ended up having is this variety of news organizations get their sources from the same, get their news from the same source. You don't have the variety of view of the current events and what's happening around us. So that's the threat that we are currently facing. In Al Jazeera, we're taking a different approach. Uh, we are actually investing in, in news gathering because we believe that's, that is what will differentiate us from other uh, news mm. organization. And you have the advantage of having the Qatari government. Sure, we have, we have funding from, uh, from the government. And I always, you know, I get this look when people say you have, you have this, you know, you're funded by the Qatari government. Also, the BBC is funding by the, you know, the British government, which is many ways is well-respected uh, news organization. So that's, I mean, the goal is to be looked at like the BBC is, is viewed globally. 
I think I think that yeah, that's the closest model in my view that Al Jazeera is. The way we look at revenue though, for in Al Jazeera, in digital specifically, is a means to allow us to reach audience. Is a is a, the revenue for us is a way to allow us to reach a wider distribution platform. Mm-hmm. But so, really not as a revenue, uh, we're not revenue driven as to say. You don't have to be profitable. We do not have to be profitable. No. That must be amazing. That's an amazing life. <laughs> I can tell you that coming from a different industry before that. <laughs> so how do you end up, but it comes with a cost too. Everything everything comes with a cost sure. because um, there are, the brand has has changed from, from 2001, 2002 um, to now to how a lot of people view it, but a lot of people view it as, as state-run media to promote um, Qatari interests. Yeah. Um, that's obviously... Um, there's situations going on in Qatar right now. Right. It's under blockade, and a, right. and and Al Jazeera is always in the middle of these things. It is always in the middle of Al Jazeera is in the middle of this crisis. I think actually, so if you if you believe with me, if we just sit and talk about the trust in the, the BBC news as a source of news, uh, then the same applies for Al Jazeera. Actually, we have brought a lot of trouble. To Qatar. In fact, the current the current crisis, the the blockade of Qatar. One of the thirteen demands is to shut down Al Jazeera. Right. right. So we're, we we congratulations. Part of Thank you. Which <laughs> means we're really doing a good job in a region. Yeah, it's good marketing of sorts. Well, sure, sure. I mean, there is no bad. There is no bad PR. Right. <laughs> uh, and so, no, really. I mean, the 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 result here is. Um, we are because we're doing such a great job in being in advocating freedom of the press and freedom of speech and opinion and other opinion and all that we are targeted by a region in a region that is actually anything but freedom of press mm-hmm. right and so we are part of that we cannot really take ourselves away from that so you know yes we are had al jazeera not been around probably this crisis wouldn't have been around in my personal view how does that impact Al Jazeera at all? Does it impact? Al I encourage you to look at the content that Al Jazeera provide before the event and after the event, and trust me, it hasn't changed, right? I mean, our people have been have been arrested, uh, our people have been subjected uh, to attacks, our people have been actually killed in the field, uh, our reporters and journalists. So it is a very, very serious business, and we lose my colleagues. I lost colleagues mm-hmm. in 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 this in this in in this in this environment. Actually, you know, one of the things that I I kind of moved me a lot when I moved from the U.S. to Doha is I met reporters who were going to Syria. They have families based in Doha. Mm-hmm. They know they may not come back, and they still want to go. And they want to go because they want to report about what's happening on the ground. And there are not many and people on the ground right now. Uh, I mean, we from have, Western uh, news exactly. So no one has access to you know um, the region like Al Jazeera. We have our people on the ground everywhere. So talk to me about the influencers platform that you're building. I think it's an interesting direction to go. So um, you know, we if you look at Gen Z, um, you know, what fifteen to twenty four. Uh, this generation, a lot of research has been published, and and uh, there was a research by uh, Nielsen, I guess, uh, and the Reuters Institute that says that the Gen Z don't trust mainstream media. So they trust more people who are like them. And that is why we have a rise of influencers on social media. CNN has recognized that, and they have acquired Casey 
Neistat. Neistat for $25 million. And, um, and they are now working on launching a program. And I, I believe this is actually a good idea, but it's not a scalable model. Because you, how many people you can you know acquire for 20, how many 25 million dollars right. you can spend by a news organization by the way yeah. right and and so what we're doing is we developed a format we spent about a year working with uh, with our teams and and other consultants to develop uh, a platform similar to America got talent but for social media influencers so we want to create this competitive environment where people apply, if they see talents, their ability, they are able to actually uh, have a message and influence and become influencers. They are talented. Uh, they submit and we go into some competition similar to um, America Got Talent. And at the end of the day, the winners, we will invest in them and make them uh, superstars. But wait, do they have to be like political? No, no, no. Okay, so no, they're not like no, no, no. It's not. Politics. They're not going to sort out. No, 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 no. It's Arab, not about politics. No, Arab-Israeli conflict you could have or anything. Okay, about something, right? <laughs> uh, but it has to be. So the key to Al Jazeera here in actually that project is it has to be. We call it entertainment with a message. You have to have a message. Okay. Right. Uh, that you want to have your audience around. It's not superficial, and it's not something that people, uh, you know, just entertainment. It has to have a message at the end. Mm-hmm. So it carries Al Jazeera mission, but doesn't have to be politics. Quick break to tell you about Digiday Plus, our membership program. It is your way to getting exclusive content, research. We do events here. We have a Slack town hall. Um, it's really great. And uh, it is less than $400. So please consider being a member. Visit uh, digiday.com and you will see the Digiday Plus icon at the top. So you guys have, have done a lot of innovation around formats. Why do you think the, the format... Uh, why do you think formats is, is an important place to look for innovation? I so, mean, because you have, you, have a, you have an innovation in the point of view, I and mean, because the, the point of view that, that Al Jazeera has is, is not one frequently, you know, that's, that's, that's heard, um, at least in the U.S. market. Yeah, so if I have, you know, Brian getting up in the morning, uh, you know, uh, looking at your smartphone, your iPhone, who are ready to watch some videos, you know, scroll through your newsfeed and watch them videos. Um, but when you get into your car, you can't watch uh, videos. You want to listen to some podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you in your coffee break, you want to read some long article about a topic you, read, you, you, you watched in the morning in your short video. So you read an article. So it is different answering the needs of our audience in different modalities and giving them this rounded information in different formats. So it's not format mm-hmm. for the sake of a format. It's about slicing our audience differently just other than each group. We would like to slice the audience also based on their personas and the way they behave in a day. And so we can give, give them this snackable mm-hmm. information when they are up in the morning or waiting for the bus, you know, so you're watching something. And that this kind of conversations also we had four years ago when we were talking about Asia Plus. You know, there was a reason why we decided to have large font in the video because we knew that Facebook, you have people watch videos when the sound is off. So you don't have to listen to the conversation. But, AJ Plus, but AJ Plus can live beyond that particular format. So I think the right. question ends up being like, 
can you build a media brand around a specific format? And we've that, seen now this, they're expanding into, into longer form. I, I, exactly. So I, I don't think you can get, Asia Plus is going now beyond videos. And mm. we have plans for 2018 to create actually a website with articles and, and, and investigative reporting which by the way, we have an award-winning investigative reporting team that's based out of London, and it's doing a very good job and we're collaborating with them right now. So yes, uh, I don't think, you know, for us, you know, evolution is the new normal. So we have to evolve the brand to answer to the different needs, much like also the way I look at it is like when Facebook started, you know, what was the average age group at the time, 13 or 14? Yeah. You know, an audience grew so is Facebook in terms of the features and the variety of content they provide. We're doing the same thing. And we believe our audience is growing and we would like to give them a variety of content under the same brand of Asia Plus. I get asked all the time by my team, like, wouldn't this cannibalize some of DelJazeera.com? Well, it will. But at the end of the day, I look at it like a Venn diagram, right? Mm -hmm. The intersection, the cake is bigger. There will be some overlap. But at the end of the day, we're covering a wider audience with our content. So what what does scale look like in the U.S. market for Al Jazeera? I mean, because you talk about like um, basically wiping out like the middle of the country. Um, <laughs> what the flyover states? Yeah, say? I guess so. <laughs> you can call them that if you're not targeting it. Um, I do not. <laughs> uh, so I mean, what is like? I mean, can you? I guess because. Uh, if you don't have a purely commercial model, I guess it gives you an opportunity not to water down like your point of view. Because I think That's what right. we've seen is a lot of people might want to stick to a, a clear point of view in their in in how they approach the news, but inevitably they're going to get pulled into the Kardashian direction because they're going to need to to reach certain numbers with an ad driven model. Right, and and we're not into the scale issue right and this is a game a race that i'm not sure we will win and i would we're not into that what we're looking for is how long can i keep my my audience mm -hmm. if if brian comes to visit al jazeera how long can i keep him on al jazeera platform right so the the loyalty to me is a, more important than the number of views uh, and so i would like to provide brian with a well-rounded set of information that's not single single viewed like mm -hmm. multi-view, uh, multi-opinion, multiple opinions, and give them that rounded piece of information that makes the person kind of, you know, well-informed. Uh, and so I I don't believe in the scale issue from that perspective. Plus, you know, if we go to, you know, being as, if we think of scale in terms of like, you know, I produce more videos, you know, that, that to me, we know now by our numbers that is not a successful model. You know, the marginal cost of video production is very high. Mm -hmm. The marginal cost of adding a new publisher on Facebook platform is almost zero. So from our perspective, you know, it is doesn't make sense to increase the number of videos. I, you know, I don't want to be harsh here, but I see, you know, the, the relationship between the social media, Google and Facebook, and the publishers is like we're becoming more like a, like a sweatshop. Mm -hmm. right? uh, we produce 2,000 pair of jeans a day, and who makes more most of the money are the vendors and the stores and the fancy stores out there. Yeah. And and that's exactly what's happening right now. And that's why I don't think that model is successful. So us for the media company to be successful in the digital world, we should forget that and understand the pressure of revenue and everything. But we should understand that it is the loyalty that what matters. So brand 
and the quality of content is really what matters at the end of the day. We as publishers, there is a reason why, you know, um, uh, ad blockers installations have increased and continue to increase. And that is because we abused, you know, yeah. the intelligence of the audience and we bombard them with ads to make them, force them to really go and download ad blockers. And not only that, some media companies now would never display content until I stop or pause my ad, my right. ad blocker. That to me is disrespectful to the audience. We should respect the audience. We should give them what they're looking for, not shove mm -hmm. some ads down their throats. I guess the question is whether or not um, ad-dependent media can really free itself from um, Google and Facebook dependence. Um, this is why I think the, the 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 current business model is lopsided, is not, and is not sustainable. If we want, but does to that mean that everyone needs a Qatari government? Not necessarily the Qatari government. If, if there's anyone for acquisition, yeah, probably. <laughs> I think no, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like you know that. I guess here's my sort of like concern of that would be. Yeah, would be the only the only true media that we would have. Yeah. would have backing that might have that that might have different interests okay so you might say that that al jazeera is the same as the bbc but then you've got like rt and you've got sputnik um and you have you know the mercers are are funding yeah, their agree. own um publications yeah. and you might have the situation where because it's not commercially viable the only things that are available are either you know non-profit by some mm -hmm. endowment or things backed um, by um, large entities or families that have um, vested interests. Interest, yeah. Well, taking a just your head, yes. I mean, that's where we are leading, where we're heading towards, right? I mean, the current digital model is not scalable for publishers. It's scalable for the current the, the, the duopoly that we currently have, but it's not scalable for us. Um, as publishers. And I'm just talking as a person who is in the media industry. Mm -hmm. If we want to continue, it actually cuts through. We recognize that, right? I mean, um, I probably have a privilege of being outside the United States and looking from the outside in and even my family. So when we went out to the embassy to vote, we had a different perspective about the impact of what Trump said on the global platform. But for the citizens who are in the country being subjected to a single view uh, is threatening our democracy. And this is where the problem is. The solutions are, there is no single silver bullet that will really solve the problem. I think there needs to be a discussion about how can we create um, a marketplace of ideas that gives advantage to trusted news organizations and stop that bleed bleeding that's currently happening in the newsrooms. Mm -hmm. It's a big problem we currently have. And not only that, the, the distribution platforms are algorithm-based. And so it, you know, it reinforces that filter bubble and reinforces that identity politics that we currently have. So do you think Trump will end up being good for media? You know, I, I, you know, I see you lead me to talk to politics, but I think, again, for... I would talk about it, I would answer the question from a media organization perspective. Trump is good for news organizations because it's a single, you know, single person that they can track and it creates traffic and traffic give them more inventory to sell and more ads, mm -hmm. right? From that 
from that perspective, it's a good thing for media. But from a from a journalistic point of view, it is not because you gotta cover the impact of whatever happening from that lens into the wider perspective, the wider world. And this is where the cost is, and this is where actually the newsroom are being mm-hmm. cut. Well, what's one big like global story that you think American news organizations, for whatever reason, are just completely missing and are just ignoring? Oh, I didn't think about that. Let me think a little here. <laughs> there are so many big stories. I, I think, uh, you know, so I think, you know, just as American, I can say, uh, you know, we are missing out about what China is doing in Africa. And that's personal me, not as a representative, uh, representing Al Jazeera. That's yeah. just me as an American citizen looking at what's happening in the world. I think we are missing out about the massive investment, long-term investment, and infrastructure investment that China is doing in Africa. Mm-hmm. Africa is a is a continent that's full of resources, and I think we're missing out to that. Yeah. Yeah, when you get into like, what is it, the Belt Road? What is it, the belt, the great belt that they're building? That's right. It's, um, yeah. So it's, it's a, it's big, a thing. big idea, that's it's for a sure. Big thing. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, Yasser, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And we'll be back next week with a new episode.